Hey there, gang. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Phantom Nonsense. Uh, just a real quick primer on this episode. We had a few technical issues with the recording, so there may be some background noise and uh, audio cutting in and out at certain points. But we hope you enjoy it in spite of all of that. And of course, have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays all around and Happy New Year and enjoy the show. Thank you. Is it okay? But I, I had to, so I had to work at twelve to eight, and mm-hmm. then I had to work a five forty-five to four, and I ended up getting there at five thirty because I actually woke up in time and Hardee's didn't kill my time before work because I always get biscuits and gravy from them. Yeah, and I was there until five uh, four thirty. I almost worked a full twelve hours. Goddamn, it's not okay. It's too much time. It it's too is too much time to spend. You know, just slaving away. God. Yeah, my so time is worth $16 an hour. Uh, a fin- little more than that, but... Finland recently did... Uh, was it Finland that, that did the four-day? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That or Sweden? Uh, it may have been a, a like that whole block or whatever, but I'm not entirely sure. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the four-day work week. They ended up being, like, way more productive and happier in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I think, like, I just saw the study, but apparently it's been going on for a while. I do believe this may be something separate. But, like, there are less HR cases. I bet. Yeah, I feel like if people aren't jammed together, they they don't get, you know, uh, either false senses of... uh, uh, closeness with people that they aren't really that actually, you know, like you know what I mean, like a a, a false sense of um, uh, familiarity, right? Yeah. You know, that isn't reciprocated. Like I know my coworkers really well, but I won't hang outside with them outside of work, and I don't know what they want for Christmas. Right. Yeah. It's like you couldn't do the office, like mm-hmm. the American office or mm-hmm. the British one or whatever. Unless those people are just like forced to be around each other perpetually, right? Because otherwise they could develop social lives and have like yeah. <laughs> fulfilling time outside of the workplace. Yeah, which I guess like in the American version of the office, they do work there on the weekends, and it looks like they're all endeared to Michael, so that's why. But of course, that's not how a real workplace. Like actually functions. Yeah, it's it's strange how like all of the uh, contradictions that m- the Michael character represents in that show. Yeah, well, my nana, whenever she was in accounting, like in almost all her jobs, she was actually really good friends with everyone she worked with. But that's also in a very very small town, mm-hmm. and there were like five of them, save like the warehouse guys who were on a completely different level than them, and right. she maybe met them once or twice. Yeah, I imagine like. Before work became just, you know, the means to extract your blood uh, that it is now. Like, working, the concept of working was just, like, doing the thing that you did with the people you did it with. Yeah. So, therefore, you know, there's no real distinction between your friends and the people you work with at that point. Because there's less, you know, obligation, less, uh, like, an implication of force or immiseration if you don't show up. Yeah, it's also, like, easier if, like, I was really good friends with all of my coworkers when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. but then once I became 18 and was like, I need a better job, I just, no. 
working five days a week. I don't want to hang outside of my job with them. Yeah, I was. Well, two of them I've gotten very drunk with, but. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. Like, looking back on it, like, I had a few friends that were coworkers, but mostly it was just, yeah, just, just that. Just, like, um, friends of friends of friends that all worked together would end up at the same party or something like that. But, yeah, you know, I don't have, like, any, like, connections of, like, old coworkers that I... Because it's... I mean, really, the the Michael Scott thing is honestly realistic um, in, this, in the sense that it's all, like, superficiality. Like, it's all, like, the you know, relationships you make at work are just networking because because you feel like you have to or... Or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'm also one of those people that's like, if I'm going to be around you, I do need to feel like we're friends. Oh, for sure. So I do have really good connections with people I used to work with and good connections with people I work with now. But because I see them already five days a week, the two days I have off, I don't want to go out partying with them. Right. But if I didn't see them every goddamn day, that may be different. And I feel like that's kind of what's changed about like the friendships in American workplaces. Yeah. I think they're always just superficial. Yep. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. In, in the span of America's lifetime, yeah, for sure. Bro, I've gotten the worst... I've met the worst people at jobs. Oh, though. for sure. Like, I've had some of the shittiest coworkers when I was a teenager. Luckily, no one was ever really shitty to me. But, man, there was some drama that went down around me. <laughs> there, yeah, I I got my first stalker at my first job. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to think about if I've ever had. Okay, yeah, no. When I worked at uh, that Italian place, um, most of the people I worked with I did not like and actively hate now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, maybe not most, but, like, the people I had to work the closest with, I definitely did not like. And, like, I knew one of them was stealing from me, tip-wise. But, you know, he had seniority, and I had no actual proof, I guess. Right. So. Well, uh, speaking of hating the people closest to you, welcome to Phantom Nonsense, and Merry Christmas. Uh, this one probably won't be that, uh, that stuffed... Because it's really not all that much to to go over. The mostly because we haven't seen uh, the last Spider-Man. Me and Goose haven't, and uh, we've been forcing Zach to sit on his hands. And yeah, uh, please watch that next week. God, it's uh, all I will say is without giving spoilers because you know that fucking um, Defoe. And uh, yeah. Alfred Molina, like those uh, those guys are in it from the trailer. You know, the biggest thing that I was worried about with them being in it was that they use them here. They can't really use them again later on with like the original MCU quote unquote version of the characters. Yeah, and like it feels like such a waste for those characters. I don't feel that way anymore. Like they used. Uh, Molina and uh, they use Doc Ock and fucking Norman and their relationship with Tom Holland's Peter 
so good. And as someone who has been uh, defending the home trilogy or duology up until this point, it is incredibly validating to have the internet be like loving this, loving this movie the yeah. way that it is. Yeah, no, I see people shipping uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya. Oh, they they fucking anyway. Yeah. yeah, they're a real couple. Yeah. yeah, that's just what happens when you're in Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, their director was like, "You guys don't need to date." Literally, every Spider Man couple has dated, and it's yeah. ended horribly. I mean, yeah, Emma Stone died. Yeah, she did. Her neck got. Was she the one whose neck got snapped? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was Gwen Stacy in that uh, that iteration. And Which that is what. Go ahead. I was gonna say if that's. That didn't get a third one, did it? Nope. No. Uh, I think, honestly, if that got a third movie, it had the potential to be the best of that trilogy. I mean, obviously, it's not a high bar, but those, those movies weren't that great, um, from where I'm sitting, anyway. I don't uh, yeah. I feel like uh, Andrew Garfield I thought it was fine. did a real... He, yeah. he was... And Emma Stone, and, like, they were great... Yeah. They just didn't have good material to work with. Yeah, it was a little weird and wonky, and uh, I do remember that there there were some standout scenes, like in the in the first one of that uh, that two part series, um, the skateboarding scene where mm-hmm. he's like coming to terms with his powers. Uh, it stuck out to me. I thought that was really good. But um, yeah, no, I thought that the uh, they they could have brought in because they went with the dead Gwen Stacy angle. They could have brought Emma Stone back for the whole like jackal. Uh, plot line with all the clone shit. Yeah. Um, it's like that would have flown pretty well in that era. Of I think she signed to another movie. That's cool. At I the mean same time. Because I think, wasn't Easy A filming around the same time? I want to say it was, yeah, it was around then. But <coughs> she yeah. had that one and like two others that were going exactly. That makes sense. I think, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That uh, that series was pretty lackluster in general. Yeah, I feel like the um, the Raimi movies actually like had you know a decent like plot and all those kinds of things. Yeah, performances are kind of boring and like a little bit, yeah, dramatic and like a soap opera kind of d- drama y kind of way. Yeah, whereas I feel like. Uh, the characterizations, especially Garfield's Peter Parker, um, really like it captures it a lot better and is a lot more engaging. But the material they had to work with was very, very subpar. It's and yeah, and it's like you can see the like the Sony executive meddling in uh in Spider-Man Three, the one with Topher Grace's Venom and all of that. Yeah. Oh my God. And that. But the Garfield movies had that the entire time. Yeah. You know, like, they didn't have, like, the first two where Sam Raimi actually got to kind of uh, stretch his skin or what what the fuck ever. <laughs> but that is all I'm going to say about Spider-Man right, right. now. Yeah. Um, well, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, because I don't want to go to the theaters on Christmas. But I get off relatively early both those days. Yeah, I'm down. Seven and five? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we'll talk about, we'll do a deep dive on that next week. Um, but for now, uh, let's see, I guess we've got to talk about, 
uh, fucking Year Without a Santa Claus. We watched, oh we watched that yeah. last week, which I barely remember. Honestly, Honestly, yeah, it's a fever dream. Well, we it's it's it always a fever dream. Like <laughs> that's just how that movie is. Oh, I want to watch the Rudolph one. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Um. <laughs> I've been trying to track down the Baby New Year disc. I've got it. Oh, okay. I mean, like not the disc. I've because it's uh, Rudolph Shiny New Year is the name ah, of, of that yep. one. Yeah, I watched that with uh, Stella. This oh, weekend. good. That's fun. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> the year without a fucking Santa Claus. Um, fucking Santa really gets bitch slapped out of this by, uh, or, you know, like he gets his fucking short film taken by <laughs> the uh, the heat miser and the uh, whatever is uh, ice, ice balls, whatever. Blue balls? What is his name? Um, Isn't it just. Cold miser? Is it cold miser? I think so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because Heat Miser has a better name, but the worst song. I, I do think Cold Miser's like music bit is a lot better. It's the same it's like the same musically, almost yeah. entirely. But uh I think that's why think he's just a better singer. Yeah. Also Snow Miser. Snow Miser, of course. That makes more sense. But I also think that Does the it? Snow Miser <laughs> Then cold miser, snow miser sounds better. Well, it fi- uh, cold miser fits the the pattern better. Heat miser, cold miser. I it's there's um I don't know if we should be sorting out patterns with this <laughs> movie. Yeah, it is kind of like so. Mickey Rooney plays Santa Claus. In mm-hmm. that. It's very weird. Honestly, I kind of like his his version of Santa Claus. Just kind of a bumbling oaf. Sort of version is just he's just lazy. Like, like I just <laughs> want to take a day off. This yeah. is the one day a year you're required yeah. to do something. Isn't this the only day you work? Isn't it just the elves? Yeah. Every other day? Yeah. Jesus. Well, I mean, I guess he like what is it? In one of the other movies it explains more of what he does, I do believe. But There we go. Okay, what? we're back. It'll be cool. Uh, sorry, y'all. Anyway, he just spies on people. Yeah. 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 He's just a creep. 364 days a year. <laughs> and then he, he does he one day of work. Yeah. And he was like, I have a cold, which I get. Yeah, I get that, man. I don't think he even had one, though. Yeah. That's no. fair. Yeah, because he ended up going back down to the... He went to Southtown, USA. Yeah. Which, what? the fuck was going on with that? Because uh, that's not... They didn't even bother to give a state. It was just Southtown. Yeah. yeah. And Mrs. Claus was like, can you make it snow in Southtown? <gasps> that far down? Like, wait, she didn't say where it was. Southtown, USA could be fucking... It could be in Florida. It could be in Texas. Who knows if it wants to be in Rhode Island or something? Mm. Towns can be named mm. South. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. They did, they did mention that it was straight. I mean, it was... You know, obviously, it hasn't rained in Southtown in 200 years or whatever. It hasn't snowed. snowed whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which, obviously, that's before global warming was a thing. I love how the, the main villain, if there is a villain of the story, was the cop that fucking took the dog. 
with mm-hmm. Donner dressed up as a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it was a uh, Blitzen, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. No, he, I don't remember. It was the baby. I can't remember what her name was. I think. Uh, I don't think it was Blitzen. Was it not Blitzen? Whatever. I mean, for it's some reason, I thought it was Vixen. Maybe. Dancer and Prancer and uh, Goofus and Vixen. Uh, Donner. Damn, you know what? I knew Steven it, and then and you fucked up my head. Gerald and Blitzen. Yeah, it's Vixen. Vixen. Was it V or a D? Because I thought you said Dixon. Yeah. Dixon. Dixon. Vic- Vixen. Yep. This is my tiny um, female reindeer. Her name is Dixon, and we're going to dress her up like a dog. <laughs> She's going to have a heat stroke as well. Yeah, that was weird. She's like, this reindeer can't handle the heat. Why did we bring him down in the first place? Yeah. Fucking well, the elves. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, th- I guess the two main... Uh, where are they? Would you consider them the main characters? Yeah. Or is it... Jingle I, and I, I feel like they're the POV characters. Yeah, yeah. They're the they're driving the plot, I guess. Right. Because Mrs. Claus is, like, scheming whenever fucking Santa just doesn't want to do his one-day-a-year job. <laughs> yeah, she's like... Sorry, you can go ahead. She's she just she dresses up as Santa. It's just like anybody can be Santa Claus. And then Jingle and Jangle show up, and then sh- they say one negative thing, just not even negative. They just say one thing to her, and then she's like, "Oh well, I guess that's a bad idea." <laughs> Which everything would have been solved if she had just done right, done the job. Nobody would have known, right? Because you're not supposed to see Santa Claus, right? Yeah. yeah. So she's like, "What if Santa Claus was a woman? Who's gonna know, though?" Like who, why would, who would even yeah. care? Yeah. yeah, she didn't even need to like make herself look fat and right. Even wear the outfit, honestly. Yeah, no, she could just she just yeah. done yeah. her thing. She could have worn jeans. Which, yeah. Which okay, so my theory on that is is that um, that one. So the really sad kid, not sad kid, but um, the kid with the weird name. I can't remember what it was, but also I guess one of the main characters who mm-hmm. was a little bitch. But then um, oh he was yeah. like, I don't believe in Santa Claus. Up until his dad was like, yeah, I woke up and Santa Claus was watching me sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that yeah. whole musical number is really fucking weird. Because it's just like, they walk up and they, they ask a bunch of these kids. And they're all sane. So they're all like, yeah, I mean, we don't really believe in Santa Claus right. anymore. We're like irrational, so almost adults. and uh, As if they weren't crying like two scenes prior. What? They were crying whenever they found out there was going to be a year without a Santa Claus. Were they? Yeah. I thought they were fine with it. Whenever, before we went to the town, there was a scene of them crying. Or just kids that looked exactly like them. Because Mrs. Claus was talking about how everyone was going to be sad. Yeah, I think that was in her imagination, wasn't it? It doesn't matter. nothing, Nothing makes sense. Honestly, trying to just re- recount the uh, the plot of this has given me brain worms. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, s- Santa just needs a, a pep talk is basically what it comes down to. He just needs somebody to be like, I guess being one of the most recognizable and uh, having the most job security of any other person on the fucking planet. Is it enough? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, who cares? I don't know. It, it, the, yeah, back to that that music number where the dad is like explaining to the son. 
because it's really creepy because like he's the kid isn't singing mm-hmm. in this in the scene so like it's just three adults singing at him right it, like it's one of those mommy why is the why is the scary man singing kind of moments um but also the lyrics are fucking weird also why why tell your kids that you believe in Santa Claus as an adult why that's kind of how it starts, ma- right? But I mean, to maintain the illusion for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're at that kind of stage with with Stella, where she still believes, but there's not. I mean, she's going to be eight next year. Uh, there's not that much time left. Yeah. She had to really like ride that line yeah. of like, because you know, if they want to. They're going to figure it out. Like, as yeah. soon as they get in their heads that to start piecing, she's smart enough to figure it out, but she wants to still believe in magic yeah. and everything. So, yeah. like, maintaining that for uh, for a kid her age or fucking this little bastard's age. I just <laughs> Day still believes in, I think he still believes in Santa. He definitely still, like, talks about Santa and is getting Santa gifts. He's 11. But Xaver is six, so that may be why they haven't told him the Santa Claus isn't real. Right, because he'd be an asshole until... I don't think that he'd be an asshole. I think he may just cry and be like, (laughs) why were you lying to me? Yeah. He has a a complex. It's fine. We're moving past that. (laughs) That was cool. I was was the same same way. Like, um, if... Like, not with uh, Santa Claus. I figured that on, on my own. It was like, okay, cool, whatever. But like, yeah, it wasn't like a big deal, right? Yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't really a big, a big deal, big deal to me. Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah. Um, <sighs> <laughs> but um, but no, like, um, just different, different things that I figured out on my own. I get pissed about because, like, it's not. It's not that I'm mad about the thing. I'm mad that you kept it from me or thought that I couldn't handle it or Dude, what the fuck ever. Yes. So even my mom did that shit. Even with simple stuff like I did, I wanted makeup as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, super emo, so I liked putting the really dark eyeliner like almost in my eye. Figured out if you use eyeshadow, it works out better. Mm-hmm. I told my mom about it and she was just like, yeah, I know that. And when I asked why, she was like, I don't know. I just wanted you to figure it out on your own. It's better if you figure out stuff on your own. I mean, like sometimes, sure, I guess, yeah. Just basic life stuff, man. I feel like that's that's only true for like emotional truths, right? Because if you're like trying to like I don't know, fucking open a door. Yeah, no. Somebody just stands there, just like I believe in you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, can, you know, it's like no, fuck you. I, I, how do you do this? I don't know why I decided opening a door was difficult enough of a task that needed instruction. I mean, for like a little kid, maybe. Like, if a kid's yeah. first learning how to do... That's a good analogy. Right. Or, like, trying to, like, ride a bike or something. Dear God. You know, can you imagine just being like, <laughs> you'll figure it out? <laughs> right. Did Take you guys hill. get taught how to ride a bike, or were they just like, hey, here's a thing with training wheels? A little bit of both. Ah. Huh. Yeah, I had training wheels on my on my first bike, I think. I still got my first bike. Wait, what? Still? With the training wheels. <laughs> no. Fair. <laughs> no, I don't have my first my first bike. I had a fucking cool ass uh, Huffy and a Mongoose whenever I was a kid. That's awesome. Ooh. But that 
fucking long gone now. Um, I had a pretty cool bike. Can't I can't remember what the brand was. It was red though. Okay. Made me feel cool. Mine was pretty neat. It's still over like at my old house in Reedland. The people who live there now have not thrown it away, but it's taken apart like fully in pieces. God, I wish. I wish there was some continuation. I guess this is what car dudes are about. But I wish there was some like continuation in adult life of the um, experience of just like riding around your neighborhood with like a a gang of like five or six kids on bikes. Yeah. Man, all I'm saying is now because Russ wants to do it, just a group of skateboarders. We've yeah. talked about it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to start skating again. It's been like a super long time. Yeah. I don't think I ever actually owned my own board. I would just use one of Truman's. I don't. Mine's here somewhere. I don't think that the, like the car culture thing, connects though, because uh, maybe not. I, maybe it's like a it's it's a poor facsimile, but. I, I feel like if anything, and they're completely different. It's weird because they're like completely different subcultures. But um, fucking motorcycle gangs would, to me, be <laughs> yeah. a more like genuine continuation of of that. Because cars are inherently isolated. Yeah. In a way that really nothing else is. So it's like you can't really have like. 12 cars just like you know just go riding down the middle of of davis road <laughs> together to go smoke weed like you can like they could bikes. if they wanted but yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a little bit different though you're not like sorry i saw uh, lights are on i gotta go home my mom's waiting for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God. uh so yeah. <laughs> what we're talking about year without a Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh I wanted to um to close out these uh the Christmas batch uh talking about Hawkeye, but of course we uh didn't pod last week and you guys haven't got a chance to f- to finish that and it's I mean we can still talk about it next week if you guys finish it, but it is uh Christmas in its tone, so I'm not in in a huge rush too. But I really, again, without spoiling, I was very satisfied with the uh, with how they stuck the landing. That's what Tumblr's been saying on yeah. this one. Awesome. Like, it's a hard call for me between like, because Loki's my favorite. Uh, Falcon is by far my least favorite, <laughs> but in the middle slots. Um, it's hard. It's a hard call between WandaVision being so bold and ambitious, and then just kind of collapsing into cliche yeah. in the final act. Yeah. And then Hawkeye is simple. It doesn't ask much of you or much of itself, and it does. You know, it's not. It's not pushing any real boundaries or anything. It's what you expect it to be. But it does a damn good job with what you expect it to be. So, you know, it's like it's hard to choose between like shooting for the stars and just missing on the last play, or just you know a solid game all the way through. Oh. But I, I say I definitely recommend finishing Hawkeye. If you got to choose between two, watch Spider Man first because there's a lot more there that I'm fucking bleeding in my mouth 
biting my tongue over, but they're both both solid. Um, because I I mean I've got I'd have to watch uh, Santa Claus again to because part of my brain is confusing that with um, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, the Baby New Year movie, yeah. and I've watched a lot of things since then. There's really not much to say slept. about it, though. There really isn't much to it's say like about it's it. It's like it's a... I thought it was much shorter than it actually ended up being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but... Why would anybody do stop motion? Dedication. I l- Some I l- people love I l- it. I like the way it looks. I really like the way it looks. I've never been near possessed enough by that feeling to want to meticulously mess around with like what are they uh they're like what are they the 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 puppets they're like uh yeah they're just like they're metal rods with like yeah um uh, I can't remember the the material they made whatever I couldn't just like meticulously arrange puppets for like an hour to get one shot you yeah. know what I mean? To yeah. get one frame. That just seems like I'd be so I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's nice to have all that time in between so you can make sure that like I don't know. We watch I w- we watched the uh uh <laughs> we watched three of the biggest nerds I've ever seen who I'm sure are just big in the stop motion field, uh talk about the uh stop motion that was done in the uh Christmas without a uh Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and um, I just cannot imagine being that fucking dedicated to a craft that just doesn't give you that much of a payoff for so much work. Well, the payoff, I feel like, for them is, like, pretty great. It's just how long it takes and how meticulous it has to be that I feel like wouldn't be worth the time. But they're so... Because, you know... Okay, so someone does, like, this. They spend hours, days months doing it and then in the end they really like what it came out to be. Of, of no, I'm talking about the whole ass movie, Nolan. Well, those dudes weren't the ones that did this one. I know. I'm just saying that like They were talking about the dude who did it as well. Yeah. I mean that's all forms of animation though is just meticulous fucking just incremental just baby steps. And but yeah, I mean... But I mean, at least with stop motion, it's more manageable with a with a small team and a small budget. I think that's... Oh, I think okay. That's yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Because, yeah, I guess like one or two people could do that. Yeah. I mean, and once you have, like... Once you have things built, you can probably get through a scene pretty quickly because it's just... Fucking take a snapshot... Move, move a little bit, yeah. snapshot, move a little bit. I don't know. I guess when I when I think about animation, though, like you get all of this freedom out of the fact that, that there's so many drawings involved. Right. You know? I've actually... Um, so did you... Kn- so I was watching a fucking Lesser Bread Tube, uh, I don't know who it was by, just some new kid, um, on a, on Chicken Run. Talking about the, and I've watched some like analysis of that before, but he really went into into depth on it, and 
I did not know that um, Ardman, I think is the name of the studio that made Chicken Run, went on to uh, become worker-owned. That is really cool. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. Ver- How do you swing that? Do you just all buy it out from... I think so. Um, but yeah, I actually downloaded because they have a like a stop motion app on the Play Store, and I actually downloaded. I haven't fucked with it yet, but like just make little stop motion videos and and stuff with it. Cause yeah, like I agree, it's daunting and and challenging, and like overwhelming how like a big a project feels and that kind of thing. But I don't know. There's something. There's something invigorating about that until it becomes over too overwhelming. You know, like uh, like uh, this last yeah this last season of of Does It Science is just sitting on um, I'm guessing Aaron's computer because I don't know how without uh, without Harley and I'm going to do the part that was supposed to be animated so it's like that whole thing of there's this thing in this project that i don't know what to do and how to fix it so just not doing it at all because it just feels overwhelming to to think about so i definitely get that side of it but you know i've always liked stop motion i've always found it charming in a uh, the appearance of it is always pretty interesting because it's always it's always apparent that you know it's like it has the same sort of uh, uh, positive traits as uh, practical effects. You can physically tell that something is on screen, and I don't know. It just it seems a little bit more magical than you know watching a uh, CGI explosion fest. I'm actually, and on that, I'm actually kind of like pleasantly surprised. That there's not that much, like stop motion facsimile, as there could be. Yeah. You know, you'd think that there'd be a lot more, like, like remakes of Christmas classics, but they're actually CGI looking like stop motion. But as easy as that would be to do, you don't really get that. You still get mostly authentic stop motion whenever that that happens. The people that do it really seem to take it seriously, so that makes sense. I have food in my mouth. Talk. <laughs> I also have food in my mouth. Oh, God. I've been feeling like shit this week, so my brain is in Disrepair. shambles. Do we imbibe any other Christmas spirits? Um... I don't think so. Like um, what? What would we have done? We only watched uh, this and then Christmas Carol. Uh, that's right. Yeah. It's not really felt like tis the season Mm-mm. this year. Uh-uh, like not at all. Even worse than previous years. I watched the uh, Christmas episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Nice. It was really good. I don't know if you've ever seen the Zo show Zach but it it goes hard it goes so hard that's the only way to describe it it goes hard 
If you like musicals, or like musical theater kind of songs. I mean, yeah. They're, to they're most, they're more, okay, so it's like, they're satire parody songs in the style of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to say. A lot of them are musical theater-y, but. <laughs> I would say. Most of them are just like basic pop song kind of stuff. Yeah, I would say usually just look up a song, but everything that you see song-wise has to be in context. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. Not it's just absolutely. It it it. It's insane out of context. Yeah, it, it benefits a lot from being in the in the story. Yeah. But I guess moving on. Is the whole show a musical? No. Well, there Kinda. there is at least one music number per episode. All right. And they're all original, and they're all pretty good. Um, the singers are absolutely amazing. Yeah, everybody who's on the show, if they have a singing part, they're actually singing it, um, which is really impressive. Uh, and you can tell that they took that into account in terms of casting. Okay, I'll just try it. Netflix? Yeah. Yes, and I think you'll appreciate Heather. Okay. Maybe. Yeah? No? I don't know. I don't, uh, I, you may not even like it, but... That is true. The first episode does really sell the show pretty well. So, um, I guess we need to talk about the um, end and I guess the whole big picture on um, on Arcane. Since I finished... Oh, yeah. Finished that whole thing. Um... So, I think my big takeaway and big hot take on it is I feel like the world or, like, you know, just the general setting has a lot more story to tell. I don't think, I don't feel like there's much more story to tell with, like, with v- Vi oh, and Vi and uh, Jinx. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm hoping that if there is a um, second season, second season, that they just move on. Like they just. I think that would be focus in on. I mean, I I think there is potentially some more to go into there, because uh, it doesn't seem like um, we don't really have like clear resolution in terms of like what Jinx is about to be. And yeah, uh, my thing with that is like, like, to, and and realistically, she doesn't have to be anything. She can just fucking just be a, a broken shell of a person. But that's not interesting story wise. You know, that's with a for a main character like. Yeah, she needs she needs to go in one or two directions. I think she will be redeemed by the time that the series is over with. I I think she will too. Um, but uh, I think I actually we might get the same kind of because um, they've been doing this like parallelism a lot, where they'll take a character in a certain scenario and then they'll show it reflected in another character. I think we might get the same kind of thing where. Uh, Jinx might be assumed dead for a period of time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm. I think that the main point of contention, the, like the the cliffhanger, of course, is that you know she bombed the council at the end of uh, 
at the end of that first series. And uh right as they were declaring that they weren't going to go yeah to war with them, which is some pretty good dramatic irony. But also uh I think it's going to be hard to uh convince the 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 topsiders that um they shouldn't go to war after they you know it's it's kind of the it's going to be like the whole 911 sort of situation right uh they wanted to go to war with the underside anyway like yeah well they they were going to land on the side of not doing we i mean yeah we we also wanted to go to war Right, Middle East. That's the only reason it really happened, just because there was that like, we we wanted to be able to, you know, bring the war industry into uh, into it was a hot seat. It was avoidable if yeah, we wanted to avoid it. Yeah, if we were being sane about it, we would have avoided it. And all of Jace's points about like what will happen if they do go to war are still salient. So. It, the only reason that they wouldn't is because of just like a general uproar and this perceived, you know, uh, you know, the fascists can't ever take an NL, you know, it, they they always get butt hurt for generations. Right. So it seems like they probably won't be able to stop it. But what that conflict looks like, I think, will be interesting. And, uh, I'm really curious as to what the fuck's going on with Victor. That's what I was waiting to say. Yeah. Uh, I think he was the biggest parallel of Jinx's story as well. He he is a lot more uh, coherent, and it his his level of desperation is more about survival and yeah. feeling like he didn't have enough time. No, I understand, and I yeah, I get that. I yeah. still stand by my thing. I mean, I because yeah. like we've seen him. A lot of people would say like morally, he he took a big downturn. Honestly, he didn't really. Uh, did he do anything that was like necessarily evil? He was no. just very cavalier about his Frankensteinian experience. Uh, that's right. that's what people don't like about it. I think that. Uh, Jace made that same mistake with him. It's just that for Victor, it was more of a, it was more personal. It was more, uh, maybe not more personal, but more necessary to his survival that he, you know, merged with the uh, the hex tech. Right. And um, that intern. Oh that yeah. That was DTF. Yeah, she just straight. But that was an accident, you know. He didn't yeah. know it was gonna happen. And. Uh, that was really fucked up too, though. Mm-hmm. The way they did that, I did feel like that was a little bit of like, okay, that's a little bit emotionally exploitative. We don't really know this character well enough to give a shit about her dying, other than the fact that she walked in, right, like yeah. reading a love poem, <laughs> or trying to like confess her feelings for Victor, who was pretty well coded as being gay. I thought that's what they were going for with him, but I uh, maybe not. Maybe I just read too much into his uh, interactions with Jace. Because yeah. it seemed like he was expressing jealousy for, uh, what's her name? The I actually mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, her <laughs> name is said very few times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I really like her character too. I feel like she's very um, mm-hmm. she's very interesting. Um, her relationship with her mom, I do kind of like. I wanted to see more of that. I really liked what they did with her painting 
and how uh yeah her mo- her mother was being represented by the black and red mm-hmm. in her in her seascape and then whenever they show the conversation between them later on they're actually like placed in the scenery to represent their uh their uh personal upheaval through that painting um it was good foreshadowing too to show that like there is something you know uh dark and foreboding and uh just like i don't know I, maybe that's those are the wrong words but just like the the menace of what you perceive to be power mhm you know with the the black sails and and all that stuff and especially with the backdrop being so like golden and and white you know it's just very very strong juxtaposition there in their character designs and in their their uh personalities but yeah uh who else do we got here who else is in the mix oh fucking silco's dead yeah um i feel yeah. like <laughs> silco is maybe one of the w- like less poorly uh justified characters i feel like the writing for him is more focused in on him having like cool character moments and good lines of dialogue Mm -hmm. and not necessarily about him being a relatable or interesting character because it seems like he's only there to influence jinx and also to be like a mustache twirling villain Mm -hmm. because you look at him and it's just like okay there's zero percent chance this dude is not a hundred percent evil yeah and he is but he also you know is human yeah. And cares about Jinx and, and like for some reason. I guess maybe he uh I uh, think he maybe saw himself in her mm. with the whole Vander Yeah, cuz it does brother parallel. Yeah, totally. yeah. Cuz he saw Vi like puncher which is he felt betrayed like Vander tried to murder him. Yeah. Which uh yeah, I mean uh, I think with, I'm glad Silco died, he just narratively, just yeah. because that's kind of the most important thing he can do, is, and especially the fact that he reaffirmed his, his emotional stake in Jinx as he died, um, just made everything a little bit more dramatic there at the end. By the way, uh, the lady's name is Mel Madara. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Damn. Yep. I don't know if I ever knew her name. <laughs> yeah. Madara? Yes. That's yeah. it. It's her last name. All right. Fuck. Yeah. No. Uh, I thought the um, the Caitlin character, I also really liked her. Yeah. I liked her a lot. She, uh... She is, like, what you want to see in, like, it feels like there's so much in our real-world upper class that could be observed. There's so much in... uh, in our real world that could be observed as in the upper class as being like objectively wrong and a detriment. And it feels like it's just a, a, a willful ignorance that, that 
permeates all of that, all of those interactions, you know? Yeah. It's like boating and golf and all that shit. It's all just like recursive stuff to make it feel okay that you're bleeding people dry for no other reason. Right. And uh, when you see like a character like Caitlin, it just reaffirms the fact that it's just like, no, these people are deciding to not see this thing. They they haven't been e- they they haven't been like fucking presented with any of the evidence to this stuff. And there is a, a like something to be said about the the system trying to perpetuate the status quo, so it won't let the uglier parts of it be visible to people who even who benefit from it. Right. But it feels like if they just dug a little deeper or just thought a little bit harder and looked past what is easy and what's, like, present in their life and privileges them, that they could see what's really happening and actually have a moral stake in the, in the world. Um, that's basically what Caitlin does. She decides that it's more valuable to, like, actually live in the world and uh, be a part of its conflict and choose a side as opposed to just writing it out in in the safety right. of just being a uh, a uh, you know a child of wealth sitting in your high lofty house on the hill and calling yourself above the conflict yeah yeah which on the opposite side of Caitlin is the um, still in like the piltover area the captain uh, who was working with Silco the yeah. military guy oh yeah 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 so he he was not ordered to chloroform Vi and take her away by Silco. He just did that and then yeah. told Silco that she was dead. Yeah. Yeah, he and was like trying Silco to save her life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was also wanted in the top side anyway. Oh, yeah, for, for the explosion? Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he, he made sure that she didn't die by... Locking her away. Yeah. Yeah, and then lying and saying that she was dead. Which his main, his main uh, faults, I think, is cowardice. So I think we're supposed to see in him is that like, you know, he was a. He was he was afraid to do anything, opposite of what had already been established with the the deal that Silco had with mm-hmm. the the previous captain, and. Uh, you could see that he wanted to do good, like for his daughter, and he uh, he idolized the previous captain for what he perceived to be her, um, her uh, positive traits. But it seemed like he was more interested in survival and just just getting by than actually, yeah, than actually taking part in any of this. Which you know. I don't know. He's 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 one of those those characters that's like, I don't know. I, I like it when you can't actually like put somebody in too clear of a box. Yeah. Because um, I feel like I really couldn't make a judgment about who, whether or not I think that dude is a good or a bad person. I mean, uh, he's a cop, so obviously fuck him. But like, right. In terms of like his personal character, it's hard to say what is actually inside of him because. You know, he he fails and succeeds in almost the same pace. It's just hard to really get a footing and actually judge him, which is like a lot of people in, in real life. And then did they just bring back um, Echo just to kill him? 
Echo's not dead. Didn't he get shot? He did, but he's not dead. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he gets he gets pulled away, doesn't he? Um, fucking... Is that when... Yeah, someone pulls him away, but it's not it's not little... This is after Little Dude with the Where? clone of... Oh, fucking name starts with an A. Jace kicked him off of the council. Heimdegger? I meant... I said A, but H, yeah. Yeah. Was this... Was that when Heimdegger found him? Or yeah. was... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's alive. Well, no, he found... He got shot after Heimerdinger found him. He was just fucking Yeah, see, chilling. that was my question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's not dead. I can't remember what happened, but he's not dead. Yeah. Someone came over to him. Because remember, his whole power is the uh, stop time stop thing. No, I didn't remember. So, that. yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he they, clicks they his watch. They establish it very weirdly. So, like, I don't c- get... Anything on my first watch through. Gotcha. <laughs> like, they, he only does it in I think two different scenes. Yeah, he definitely like hides it. Which but he has a stopwatch that he uses, and it like, I don't know if it makes him like focus more or what it if it's yeah. an actually like magic or like tech ability that he has. Uh, yeah, I noticed this because in his fight scene with uh, Jinx. Yeah. In the last yeah. episode, he or whatever episode he used that. Um, yeah, I caught that, but yeah, I, th- yeah, I thought that he had fucking gotten mowed down. So what he did was he used it and then yeeted himself over the side of the bridge, I do believe. So we just saw a big explosion where he was, but he wasn't there. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I have to go back and yeah, watch yeah I that. I can't remember where we leave off with Echo, but... I think like we God. actually see him back in his place. They're which fu- The fucking designs on their... Their hoverboard things are so fucking cool. Yeah. Those fights are some of the best parts of this whole series. I want to know, just, I know we're not going to get it, and it's just me wanting to know everything about the the canonized um, story of this, since it is separate from the video game. Why Jinx calls him Savior Boy? Because, you know, shit went down between them. I I think it's, does she call him that in that one specific scene? Or does she just refer to him as that? She just has referred to him as that. She only talks to him, like, in that one scene, but I think she said it a couple of times. I don't know. But in that scene, I think it was because she he was trying to literally save Vi and Caitlin as they escaped. Yeah. She said it uh, more than once in that scene. Yeah, and you... That is another, like, point here of, like, of the of the canon and all of that, like I said to you, how far are, specifically with, like, Jinx, how far are they willing to push the characters? Because, yeah, it's not canon. That doesn't fucking matter. I don't care about that. It's still, like, their IP. You know what I mean? Like, like how games? far are they willing to, like, to push the boundaries of, of what, these characters are for the sake of story past the point that they're recognizable as the IP that people recognize or are there just you know so many fucking heroes or whatever in League of or champions in League of Legends that there they enough, that, yeah, that they can enough, but they already don't look like the people well, yeah e- even yeah. I- like separate you from looks I yeah. think uh, League of Legends 
like in the gameplay of it, you don't experience really any story. Right. I think that like it's all lore and shit. The names are also different. Yeah. Yeah, in the game. I think that um, as long as the characters have like some vague aesthetic connection to what they were in the game, that they'll be fine. Right. Like Jinx, I think as long as she's like a quirky uh, Harley Quinn girl boss type, that <laughs> it'll be fine. Which, by the way, I feel like as much as I appreciate the design and like I do, and I don't know, I just don't like that character very much, the Jinx character in general. I. It feels a little exploitative to me. But oh, like for sure. Um, yeah, I, I just, I feel like th- that character needs some kind, and they kind of written themselves into a corner, because I agree with you, like Goose, that she, you know, she can't go back to being quote-unquote powder. You know, it's, yeah. she's lost that innocence. But at the same time, Jinx is a trauma response. So yeah. that's just as much of of an artifice as a you know as returning to a childlike personality. So yeah, how do where do they where do they take her that's realistic or not even realistic? Because who cares? It's fiction, but believable. Realistically, uh, people who like just become a trauma response don't come out of it, right? Unless they get like but deep therapy or help. But that's Which not, that's shitty storytelling, though, is the thing. Is well, it? I think that, okay, so, like, we're thinking about this, as like, her moving from Powder to Jinx as then Jinx becomes this, like, rigid character dynamic. I think that it really doesn't matter what she calls herself. It really doesn't matter what she calls herself or, like, what she identifies with. It's more about... Uh, her health. You yeah. Know, she could she could develop the Jinx character into a person that is like healthy and fulfilled. But yeah. It's just now it's on, it's on her as much as it ever was to make those changes and like try to try to trust Vi and try to like you know stop listening to Milo. S- yeah, stop listening to the voice in her head which honestly I don't know how what the fucking healthcare plan is in the <laughs> undercity. Right. But it's probably not great. I mean, you saw the people on Shimmer. There's none. Yeah. I mean, that is the healthcare plan, isn't it? Better get fucking addicted. Which, yeah, I think that's pretty much... Dude, <laughs> the whole demutation must survive. Mm-hmm. That dude, yeah. He's one of the player like characters, isn't he? No. Is he not? I don't think so. There's weird. in like in the entire story, there's only six. I know that's why yeah. I thought it was weird that he was one of them, but I guess. Oh maybe wait, he's he not. may have been one. I don't think so. Silco and Vander are not. I know it's it's Jinx, Caitlyn, Vi, but Jinx isn't named Jinx. Uh, Jace. Heimdegger. Heimdegger. Is it Heimdegger? I do believe so, and then I think that might be it. Is Victor in that one? No, I don't believe so. I have it saved somewhere on my phone. Yeah, I think that's the strongest thing that the show does, though, is that it says, okay, the fucking source material for this is really fucking um, specific and obscure and has already been really developed among the people who already give a shit about it. 
So why not just tell a completely different story and use all of the pieces of that world to tell that story? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I I definitely will watch a second season. I, I, I don't know. I, I felt this was really competent. It feels like a um, just a merge between like a lot of the action cartoons that I enjoy and like a, a more mature like prestige TV kind of thing. Yeah. It's somewhere in the, the medium space between those two things. Yeah, I felt like it was a really solid first season. And like you said, if if they because this is a big role. We've only really been in one kingdom with a little bit of, like, reference to another one, right? So they're like... Yeah. Which Mel has been saying, like, she was kicked out of her family, but there are other people. We, like, we've heard reference of several different, not yeah. just, like, yeah. the one. Because there are several people coming over. I think I counted, like, six were, div- were mentioned once they set up the hex tech. But you were right about... Mutation dude being in it. And Victor is, he just isn't this Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at all. Oh, I think Victor is going to be very different if, yeah. we s- if we see him in season two. And then he there are. going to be probably like a monster, monster type. I wonder if he will like defect to the like underworld. Which he, he already identifies that as his home anyway. So yeah. Yeah. I think if Piltover topples. He's not gonna stay there, especially if yeah. Jace like. Uh, yeah, I think the Jace is alive. Like, there's no way. Yeah, I th- I think the the ones that we can be pretty much sure are alive are uh, Jace and maybe Mel. Honestly, she could die, but I I don't think so. I don't think they're resolved, and I don't think that they would give up on doing some more stuff with with her. I believe Caitlin's mom's dead. Oh, that would be the that would be the person to kill there. Yep, totally. Because then that adds further conflict in between Caitlyn and her like uh, ties to either side. But again, I or it could be more reason for her to be banished from her like home. You yeah. know, like if her father or whoever. Her sees father her again. was supported of most of it. Even, but I mean, you know, the death of his wife could that influence him. That would be true. Him. Yeah. Fuck, there was something I was going to say. 